everybody. Welcome to the Patty G Show. I'm your host, Patty G. I'm here with Jacob Mouton of Crawfish Jake. We're going to talk a little bit about seafood. We're going to talk about this little low place called uh, More Water. And we're going to talk about the fishing industry as a whole, the seafood industry as a whole, and crawfishing season all around good Cajun Louisiana stuff. So if you're interested in all that, this is going to be a great episode for you to get started with us. And before we get into all that, I want to give a big shout out and a wonderful thank you to our amazing sponsors that make this show possible. Falaya Real Estate, um, Horizon Financial Group, Mallard Bay, Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge, and Government Taco. Thank them so very much for making this show possible. Each and every week we come to you, and without further ado, Jacob Mann, welcome well, to the show. What's happening, man? Glad to be here. Absolutely. I'm glad you reached out to me. We had some scheduling issues, yeah. but that was all on me, and I'm, ha- I'm happy we're sitting here able to talk crawfish. Yeah, dude. man. It's always fun, and, and I know with your schedule, everybody's schedule trying to make something happen is not easy, but we're here, and that's all that matters. We're, we're here What's happening? We got some ice cold beer. Absolutely. It's going to be a good time. So, who the heck is Crawfish Jake? Who is Jacob Mouton? Man? Um, he's still trying to figure that out. No, uh, <laughs> no idea. No, not a clue. <laughs> if you'd find him, let me know. Um, no, man, I um grew up in Lafayette, went to St. Thomas More. Um, went to LSU, UL, did all that and uh had some buddies that um out at LSU, actually, and uh, we're in the joint fraternity and wanted to do a crawfish ball one time, and I went and did it. You know, coming from the farming background, they called me just to go do it, and I had a blast and started with the cater and had a blast ever since. So your family is in crawfish? So my family is me, um, my uncle, Jimbo. Uh, there's my little plug for him. You know, I better not hear it. No. Uh, him and he's always farmed his whole life, and it was something I kind of grew attracted to, you know, eight or nine years old just when I was real little and always would just be out there and kind of never left you know one of those deals I love so what what is the crawfishing farming experience like for those that have no idea what it is how do you even begin to describe something like that for 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 the listening audience that are outside of the Gulf South they're thinking it's like a bug right yeah. mud bugs yeah you know? it's uh dirty smelly and hot let's get that <laughs> st- checked out first it's uh Man, it's different. It's, you know, there's two ways of doing it with the guys, you know, in this area in the basin. Um, and then also, you know, kind of further to the west where we are. Two different styles, but it's it's rice field ponds. Um, and just, you know, it's we've got these pyramid traps and we've got guys that fish them every day. And they kind of get in a rhythm. It's the same, you know, you don't really try new stuff. It's nothing like, it's nothing like actual fishing, you know, you know it's the same stuff every day. And Makes a good living for everybody, makes it interesting, and the guys love it, so we keep going, you know. So the rice fields, how do you, like, main, maintain that? Yeah, so um, <clears throat> if you've ever seen a crawfish boat, I know you have, but probably for the people back right, yeah, right. away, they haven't. Uh, it's got a big wheel on the back, and that wheel sits on the bottom and uh, pushes the boat, basically, and it sits on the ground, and what it does is it keeps the boat from obviously sinking and it keeps it upright and keeps it going forward but it also tears the ground up so every year after crawfish season what we do is uh, water level which is where you go in and basically in the mud smooth everything out kind of to get it half back right um and then after that you'll go in when it dries up and actually put you know a laser or whatever on it and get it to grade and uh and then it's ready for rice so once you're done crawfishing is when you would go into rice the following year you would flip flop Okay, so y'all like shoot lasers and like yeah. level. I didn't know it was that. Like, I mean, it's not like a, a physical, well, yeah, yeah, but, but like, yeah. So it's like, that much maintenance goes into the ponds at the end of the year. Yeah, it's kind of, um, and you've got a good bit of time to do that. You know, you're not. It's not a crazy crunch time, I guess you'd say. Uh, but when we drain, and I guess it'd be June this year, probably looking like June. We'll pull all the water off. We'll do the water leveling while it's still kind of wet and muddy, and then you've got up until you're ready to plant rice, if you're in a rotational crop, up until you have to plant rice to, to get everything back leveled and back to grade uh, with ditches and everything. So how do you control the water level in these ponds? So um, we everything where we are, Crowley, Acadia Parish area, is wells, water wells. We just dug one um, two weeks ago. Just got it installed two weeks ago, and it's a 250-foot well or 200-foot well. 
and we're lucky enough to have water on the flip of a switch so we can bring water we can take on water uh we can move water anyhow we've got each field is connected through a drain pipe we can pull a pipe put water you know move it here to here um and then also have drains ditches that we can take all the water off if we need we're we're lucky enough a lot of guys don't have the water pan to be able to have water wells so we're lucky in that instance i guess so everything is from the ground everything or, or, or in, in the rain yeah, you know yeah. if we if you rain is we consider free water you know you ain't got to pump that <laughs> you don't got to turn a pump on or nothing so you just close it up and rock and roll do y'all ever get like enough rain throughout the year to kind of fill the ponds not really um especially like this year man we've been pumping uh a lot more than normal uh with it being hot you know you're losing water whether it be to holes or whatever you lose water many different ways and we haven't had a whole lot of rain so it's kind of one of those deals not really no i would i wish we would have more rain to let the pumps not run as much but that's one of those things you know take the good with the bad (laughs) you know it's farming that's what they call it right? fun so y'all in a sense, are not just like crawfish homers, but do y'all like do anything with the rice once you grow it? Yeah, so we don't. Um, we grow for a meal. It's uh, actually based out of Crowley. Um, Is that Supreme rice? Supreme. Well, now Louisiana Supreme, they're all, it's all one. Okay. All the same people now. But yeah, Supreme is, you know, one of the guys we sell to. And um, we just do the, you know, the rice outright to them. We sell it, but... You know, and not far down the road in Eunice, uh, Mike Fruge has got the vodka now, I think, and they did hand sanitizer, I think, and it's, you know, endless opportunities. There's a whole lot now. more than yeah. just rice. Yeah, you could do a lot more with it than just rice. So so crawfish farming, in essence, is like a year-round thing because you got the crawfish during the hot months and then you're doing the rice during part of the year. Yeah, so you'll do crawfish. Uh, some guys crank it up. The guys down south crank it up around December, January. Um, that early? Yeah. They can, I don't know, we, we, it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but those guys can kill it in those couple months, you know. You got everybody's itching to get crawfish in December, and they'll, you know, those guys will kill it making money. Then we don't really do it until February, late February, um, mid that? to late. It's just uh, the guys who work for us come in mid-January, and we kind of get them in a rhythm, and they fix traps, and – put traps out and do this. That stuff takes a long time. So we don't really rush it. And the catch for us usually isn't good till it gets a little warmer throughout the year. Um, so we're not usually rushing to, to get after it. But we fish from then middle to end of February all the way up until, depending on the summer, June, mid-June, early June. And then, uh, and then we'll start cutting rice. We planted rice around Holy Week, right before Holy Week, and we'll cut it late July, early August. Um, on some ponds that are not on some ponds that are not crawfish. That's just okay. the rice. Okay, stuff. so, so you just, you're just rotating them correct. every year. Crazy instance. I mean, now everybody's different, but most yeah. farmers, if you farm a thousand acres and you're on a rotational, you would do 500 of rice, 500 crawfish, and then flip flop every year. So, what brings the crawfish to the fields once they're flooded? It mainly these these fields were stocked years ago to start and then we also stock every year um we restock our ponds every year and what happens is you stock you know if you're going to be fishing this 500 acres and it's in rice so right now for instance our rice is just getting up to a point of where it's going to be ready to flood to where it's tall enough to hold water when it's tall enough to hold water what we do is we'll take a couple days out the year for crawfish and put crawfish into the rice where it's, where it's holding water and then what happens is when we pull the water off and we're ready to cut it those crawfish will sense it the water dropping and they'll actually bury they'll go into the ground we'll cut the rice and then it leaves what we call a stalk flood the stalk and they'll come out the ground okay so it's yeah. like a it's like a, a life cycle yeah almost, it's where y'all, y'all pretty weird it's like you just keep give one to the other and it's Correct. like flopping okay so we actually pull the crawfish from yeah. the current stuff stock it into the rice they'll bury cut it and then we'll flood it back up and they'll come out the ground as the water temperature heats up god that's crazy that they get it's, deep enough in the ground that you and live yeah that you can go and cut right cut a crop on top of them and then they crawl back out the holes afterwards. oh yeah they're i don't know everybody has their different ideas i think it's like 40 something 50 something feet down they've been that like deep? people have done augers on water yeah. wells and they've been at the base of the auger so i mean it's that is crazy, crazy. and so you'll just 
keep cycling like that yeah. year over and year. And they'll just – and, I mean, look, everything runs out at some point. You, yeah. can't, you can't kill it all year. Um, but as the water temperature heats up and as the, the year heats up, you, you will see a good, you know, more and more coming out, more and more, and young crawfish get turned to old crawfish. and It's kind of, I guess, a life cycle, you guess you'd call it, you know? Yeah, and so the the traps you said y'all use triangle traps. Yeah, pyramids. Py- pyramid, my bad. Same thing. Okay. You're good. Look, three three D is a pyramid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> depends on the angle. Depends on the angle. So those I'm assuming have like a certain size of wire. Three yeah, three eighths okay. wire, and then it's got two holes in it uh, on the bottom, and it's got like a little hand grip on the top where the guys can just grab it, flip it. And, Put a piece of bait in it and stick it right back down where the other one comes from. So it's just making sure that the, the holes are big enough to make sure that the smaller crawfish can yeah. get out. So and like you said, you're not depleting that. Correct. Supply. It's kind of funny. We, my aunt and all, my whole family has learned this now. Mainly my aunt. Uh, Monday we don't fish Sundays, and so Mondays are our biggest crawfish every week because we don't fish Sundays. So all day Saturday and all day Sunday those little crawfish get out. Mm-hmm. So we go fish Monday. Everything's big. Now we don't catch obviously as much, but everything's big because they can't get out in the small ones can so it's kind of you know that's kind of the running joke in the family now everybody wants the monday crawfish <laughs> so so when we go to a crawfish shop and we order crawfish we want to order on monday you want to order on well if they're not fishing on sunday you know you know those crawfish could be from monday you know who knows how long do they keep for like once you harvest man them? they'll keep two or, you know right now two or three days if they're on ice um nothing crazy uh but we, we have purge tanks, so we can put them in the water in the physical basket tanks, mm-hmm. and we'll put them in there for 24 hours just to wash them before they go to the restaurant or catering or wherever. We ball, you know, but they get real clean. So that that's a day. And then, you know, two days on ice, and they should be, as long as you're keeping them kind of cool and wet. Gotcha. So y'all actually will purge, and not purge, but clean out the crawfish yeah. for a whole day. Yeah, so we have 28 baskets. That can do two sacks each. And, uh, I mean, you can do them for as long as you want. We do 12 hours and 24 hours, but we'll put them in, uh, leave them in there overnight, and then our guys, before they fish the following morning, will actually sack them up again. And okay. those, those are restaurant, you know, we consider them restaurant crawfish. So you said you had 16 tanks. That do, so you all doing 32 sacks a day? Man, we do, depending on what kind of we need them for, we've done anywhere from, like, you know, we can just drop one set, you know, hey, I want to come ball crawfish. Let's drop it. We'll throw a sack in there. Sometimes that. Sometimes we'll do, you know, 40, 50 in a day. We'll put them in for six, eight hours, you know, to where they're still just as clean. It's just not as long. Right. Get them out, roll roll some more through there. Um, well, because everybody that's doing, that's balling live crawfish at home, they're already cleaning them or some people are correct. purging And everybody's them. got, you know, I've never, I've, I've, crawfish is one thing I've learned. I've never seen, and there's so many different ways, not only to cook them, Mm-hmm. But to clean them, to catch them, to bait them, to do, it's like I, you, you learn something. Every time I get on my phone, I'm looking at a video of somebody using something different to clean them, and all of them work, you know. But It's just everybody's – I feel like crawfish, exactly right. It's Everyone has their own method Yeah, to do crawfish all kinds of ways. Yeah, not only cooking, though, man. They'll boil them different. They'll purge them different. They'll wash them different. They'll sack them. You know, this is my – I don't put them in a sack – it's crazy. It's insane. And it's, it's always the right way. Yeah, Their way yeah, is the right yeah. way. That's what I said. Somebody was like, "Man, I don't know if they're good." I said, "Man, as long as it's, as long as it, you're the best at doing it your way, that's, that's all that matters." Yeah, as long right. as, and, then, and if you suck at doing it your way, then you got issues. But as long as if, you can figure it out. If you're not happy with the way you're doing, <laughs> yeah, then look inward. You know, yeah. like if you're bowling your own crawfish and like this is not good listen, crawfish. You're sitting there sad eating. You probably got an issue. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's like I said, it's everybody's got a million different methods to do everything. And I think that's what makes it unique because that's everybody's, that's everybody's way, you know, everybody's little right. niche. And, and it always, it's, and people will experiment and test different things to figure out what ways they like. Yeah. For, for example, we've got our firm crawfish bowl this Friday and we're going to be doing about four sacks of crawfish. And we have three different pots we're doing. So three of us are taking a pot and boiling it our way. And, Two of the guys that are doing it, they're using oranges in addition to lemons in their bowl. I'm like, I have never heard or seen somebody put oranges or yeah. orange juice. Like I never I've seen people do it on like TikTok or videos or whatnot. Yeah. And they'll put like actual like jugs of orange juice in there. I was like, but I've never been to a bowl with somebody who'll like slice an orange in half and squeeze it in there like they do lemons. So what is like your method 
for bowling crawfish. So man, mine. I'm gonna be honest. I'm uh, I'm pretty simple. Uh, we use liquid bowl. All of our seasoning, liquid and dry, is made out of company out of rain. Um, they own a they own the the dip that dip. I think is what it's called. That dip. It comes in a bottle, but they they own that and they so okay. they make seasonings and whatever. Um, Blaine Gary is his name, and so Blaine makes liquid and dry for me. And um, the way I I put we put liquid ball in the water, and then I'm gonna catch. Oodles Wait! Of don't heat. tell me yeah. you put powder uh, on after on the, the fact. We do. We put it in the oh, water. Oh no! We do both. We do both, but we do put it on after. Uh, start. Right, that's get, it. Just, just cut the show. Yeah, cut the show's the over. Show show's over. We're done. I We're did. Done. I did a. Um, I don't know if Gerald Gruning. I don't know if you know Gerald. I don't know Gerald. He's from he KLFY in Lafayette. He's a friend of mine, and he's on TikTok or whatever, and does the little videos, and it's got a lot of people following. A lot of people are big fans. He does goes around to different restaurants and okay, kind of showcases him i guess you'd say so he came to the drive-thru and we did a little video and he was like man the publicity the publicity da, da, da. so he posted the video and i'm reading the comments and i'm like dude i don't know if this is the publicity we need <laughs> i don't know if we need this publicity. But, yeah we maybe take it down and then whatever I, I guess any publicity is good but so we do it um we do seasoning in the water we do a little bit of dry a lot of liquid bowl come out and we steam we go seasoning on the outside with lemon juice and we steam everything in an ice chest the reason is uh, vegetables on catering events the way we got started was catering that was that was how we started the business and catering crawfish and vegetables a lot of people you know you're doing an event for 400 people you know 300 people well 15 of them i can't have seasoning or i can't so we're like we got to figure this i'm not renting the crawfish you know i can't so what we figured out uh, as best of a way was to kind of satisfy both ways and then we kept doing it that way, and it worked out, so we were like, let's just roll with it. People are happy. You know, I know it's kind of not the technical way to do it. Um, but do they taste good? They taste That's good. The important I, part. I think they do. I, I guess they do. I don't, so I you, so do. you do a lot, of, a lot of liquid and a little bit of powder. A little bit of dry. Okay. Um, but what we do is seasoning and lemon juice in the ice chest, and we steam everything in an ice chest. So, man, I mean, <clears throat> while it is on the outside – the acid of the lemon juice, same reason people use mustard or ketchup. I've learned that was a thing. Dude, I saw somebody put mustard on crawfish. Yeah, like, I'm, about, I'm about to yeah. play. I feel like people... If someone does mustard, please let me know why. Yeah, I just... An explanation is all I need. And look, I, I like mustard on like a sandwich, but I feel like somebody's going to throw a brick through my window or something <laughs> if I do it. So, you know, I'll try anything. They got people who put pineapples and they'll, they'll put a hole, they'll cut the sides off a pineapple and throw it in there. So I do want to try that. Yeah, absolutely. I do want to try like, I've, still, I've seen people do pineapple. <clears throat> I've seen them do ravioli in the crawfish bowl. And I think doing the pineapple, the sweetness and the tartness of the pineapple in with the spice of the Cajun heat would just be bombing. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it would all... I know some people who take chicken quarters, like chicken legs, and they'll ball them in the seasoning. Like for a gumbo, they'll shred that. Okay. So it's like they ball this big pot of, you know, liquid ball and seasoning, yeah. and then they'll they'll do it in there, and or turkey necks. And I'm not that adventurous, man. I like corn, potatoes, and sausage. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, we I'm do. I'm a pretty simple fella. I do, do corn, potatoes, sausage. Um, We'll do artichokes. Yeah, big artichoke. Brussels sprouts, mushrooms. Um, I haven't done Brussels sprouts. Do you like do you like Brussels sprouts normally? Though? Yes. Okay. So I, then I like obviously I like them with you know olive oil and black pepper and everything, but yeah, just a Brussels sprout is good to me. I'm too. telling you, throw next time you're doing a crawfish bowl, throw some Brussels sprouts in there, and it'll Damn, it'll it'll change the that. game. See, I learn something new every day. <laughs> That's crazy. So with 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 all these different ways of bowling crawfish and catching crawfish that one time I went crawfishing with somebody, I think it was out in Lafayette. I don't think it was in Crowley. I think it was in Lafayette. We had just a little pull behind Bateau and we just walked through the, mm -hmm. we just walked through the ponds. So she didn't have the wheel or anything like that. Yeah. So I've seen the wheels. <clears throat> I just, I also, I guess I didn't think about the wheels. I mean, are they crushing crawfish from time to time? Do the crawfish move? I mean, cause it's not like you're just beeline. Yeah, no, it's, like, it's a slow walk. Yeah, two or three miles. You just, kind of just pushing through now i don't think they irritate them the guys who are push boating or what we call push boating which is kind of like I mean, it's got a, a boat with little handlebars you walk behind it oh no i was a 10-foot bateau we, you were just dragging it. <laughs> we were dragging a boat we weren't even doing the uh yeah. oh the push one's like what um like stale cracker does yeah i think i've seen that yeah. yeah uh yes that's exactly what that is. that's a push boat and uh 
What the reason guys are going to that is because of the actually what we talked about water leveling with the rut. There's no rut. You know, those guys are walking. There's no wheel. Mm-hmm. Granted, it you they can, get footprints. Yeah, and all somebody's that. walking out there, which I mean that's you know probably harder on them, obviously. But for a little small, we had 20 acres behind the shop that we push boat. You know, it's real easy. It's not hard. You hop in there. It takes you an hour and a half to go do. Um, and so that's kind of people's you know validation, I guess you'd say in as it gets the wheel. And now they're switching to the same boat, but with an airboat fan. So it's, yet again, no rub. How do you no control rub. the speed on that? How do you control the speed? How do you control the wind? Like, like the crumpish just... boats have what's called a gauge wheel, which is on the side, and it's a big metal wheel. And you put it, if on a real windy day, you'll put it down, mm-hmm. and it won't let the boat, you won't lose the bow. It'll just stay straight, and that thing will keep it going. So I don't, when the airboat, man, it, just, I feel like you get blown all over the place. Yeah. Airboats are nightmares, too, maintenance-wise. I'm like, I just don't know. Yeah, just go with the wheel, and it's a whole lot easier. Yeah, you that. do your little bit of dirt work and be done with it, you know? I got, I don't know. Everybody, like I said. Everybody's got, everybody's everybody's got, got their, their niche, yeah. man. So going into the, the business side of things, y'all start off as catering. What, what I mean, what all is involved with catering like a crawfish bowl? Um... <clears throat> A lot. Logistics. Um, a lot of logistics. And I'm not a logistics guy. Anybody who knows me will, will be able to say that. I, I didn't grow up as a as somebody who plans well or anything like that. I was kind of like a fly by the skin of my teeth kind of person. But being in this kind of changes you to that. But logistics are one big thing. You know, you're dealing with people. You're dealing with uh, whether you're reserving this, reserving that, getting here, getting there, scheduling people to come, da, 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 that aspect of it. Um I learned that patience is a big thing, you know, just kind of letting stuff pan out, letting, you know, I, you employ, you, you know, some things, some days you've got 14, 15 guys all over the place. And so that kind of, you know, it'll take a toll on anybody. So it kind of teaches you to work with it. And, you know, just, I think being people friendly, you know, I guess that would be the word. I don't know, but yeah, pe- people, people focus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. People focus. That's very good. And, you know, you that's what it is at the end of the day. You're 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 a service. You're nothing other than a service. You're there to provide your service. So that's really what goes into it, I think, is just providing something for providing a good product for whoever, you know, whoever requested it. And how far out do y'all go for a catering event? Man, we st- like Lafayette, we stay in pretty much we go Baton Rouge we come a good bit, New Orleans a good bit. We've gone, you know, we go to Houston a couple times. Houston? We've gone to Houston. This year we went to South Carolina, which was pretty cool. All right, all right. Pause there. Yeah. How did you transport crawfish and your all your bowling? Did you bowl, wait, did you bowl them before you went? No, no. Okay. We, so, we bowled everything on site. So how, so did y'all just like load it? I mean, how was, logistically, how did all that See, work? See, and that's what I like, <laughs> and like, it's one of those things. And, and look, I wouldn't trade going to do that. It was the coolest. It was at uh, Wofford University. How did they hear about you first? So it's some guys. I've never La- heard yeah. of Wofford. <laughs> some guys from Lafayette, uh, okay. who had some kids there um, and wanted to go do it. And so we were, you know, anytime any of those balls come about, you're like, oh yeah, hell yeah, great idea, let's go do it. And then you're like, all right, well, this is kind of a lot. You know, so, you got to pack. You got to pack up. You got to yeah. Get you got to take everything a that you truck. need. And so that kind of stuff and. We do it, and it's a I love it. It's fun. Like in the moment, you know, you're there, and you got, you know, 300 people there, and they've never seen crawfish, or they've blah, 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 and you're showing people, and it's a blast. And then it's like after it's over, you're like, okay, cool. Now I got to drive, you know, 12, 14 <laughs> hours back home. That part of it's not that fun. Um, but we just those crawfish, if you pack them on ice the right way, they'll go dormant. They won't. Um, kill themselves they won't move around a whole lot and they'll live just fine like i said two or three days anything over that um you'll have some dead loss and we just we left that ball was on a saturday we left on a friday drove i think we slept i don't know where we slept auburn maybe we slept in auburn um woke up drove into south carolina the following day and then left and drove to montgomery that night and it was you know it's just getting everything up there it's such a pain and then once you're there, it's like, man, this is, you know, it was cool. It was worth it. 
And then yeah. you gotta drive home. And you're like, eh. But then you're also you're bringing a part of our culture down here, yeah. up north. Well, I, say, I say up north for from Louisiana to it's, Carolina. It's, yeah, it's north. It's north. Yeah. And it was kind of cool because the guy who had booked us was from Lafayette, and they had met a lot of people, not only from South Carolina but anywhere you know around the country. And it was cool for him to be able to say, hey, this is part of what we do. You know, I'm an easy man. I like to just, as long as everybody's happy, I'm happy. Well, that's the thing with crawfish, too. It's it's like a social experience. It is. You know, it's, it's not just come in and sit down and eat. It's like a day of, it's a day affair. Yeah, it is. Oh, sometimes two days. Yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, but no, it is. It's, and it's a cool way. You know, I don't, I don't have a lot of things or, you know, have a lot of ways to show my passion or show my appreciation you know that's that's part of you know i know you're a cpa or whatever and it's part of what you do it's part of what i you know i that's how i can showcase my things i enjoy and the things that pay my bills i guess you know so it's cool to let other people see it absolutely and then it gives them an idea of something they hadn't experienced before as now becoming a regular thing correct I mean, because now you once you know it's possible it's like oh well this is actually a really fun thing to do why don't we make it like an annual thing where we order up from Louisiana some Correct. crawfish and do it? You know, I've got some some cousin-in-laws that live in D.C., and they'll actually fly crawfish up to D.C. and have a boil. Not, they'll have a boil with their friends, and it's like they don't have no idea what yeah, this is. Yeah, people are losing their mind. They're losing right? their mind, and they're like, you know, and you get the initial ones that go there for the first time, but they have no idea what it's like. I'm not going to eat that. Like, it, yeah. it looks weird. And then once you explain to them, okay, all right, we're on the East Coast. It's a small lobster. Yeah, it's a little lobster. <laughs> it's a it's a little baby lobster. That's pretty that's clean. That's all it is. It's yeah, super. Yeah, freshwater. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a freshwater lobster that is boiled very differently. Yes, not steamed. Yeah. Apparently, steaming is a thing now. Steaming crawfish. Yeah. Apparently, that's people do that now. I tell you, I'm giving up. I'm, if I tried to wrap my head around everything, I would. It would fall off. So like they don't put like any seasoning or anything. They just they, they steam coat it? like the physical crawfish in seasoning, like they would steam crabs. You steam crabs? Yeah. There's people who steam. I went to Virginia one time, and they take – how did he do it? He had, like, a normal little boiling pot, and he put bricks in the bottom, two layers of bricks and three beers. And he poured them in, or four beers, whatever it was, and they poured them in, and they put the lid, and they turned the fire on. And that's how they steamed them. And so they just let them, like, sit on top of the bricks or something? I, yeah, I guess, and the beer and smoke. Or did they put, like, a basket in there or anything? Or I don't – I don't remember to be. I mean, it, it sounds good. Like, don't get me wrong. In it theory, sounds like yeah. like if you boil, like doing like a beer bowl or something like that. Correct. Like a beer yeah, like steam. a beer sausage. That's a thing I think. Yeah, yeah like, like bro, like brat. doing like a bratwurst. Bratwurst. Yeah, right. like bowl, like boiling it. But that's again, you're that's boiling it in the beer. You're not steaming it in the beer. Correct. Correct. So okay, now have you all ever had anybody from the the catering side of things like request? certain elements within the crawfish like the bowl in a certain way so i have and what? i did a ball i actually did a ball a guy i know um it's a business right here off of 120 uh is it i-10 no i-12 it's right off the you can see it off the interstate it's right there and we went and did it uh one year we did it or, yeah, one the first year we did it. They were they were real nice guys, super cool guys, and so they called back the following year, and they were like, uh, hey, man, you know, we want you to come back. We're doing our annual crawfish bowl. Uh, the only thing is, can you ball them the way we want them? And I was like, man, I I, I just don't know. I said, I they were like, well, we can't find big, clean crawfish. And I said, well, that's fine. I'll tell you what. I'll sell them to you, and y'all boil them. I just, I'm not trying to be mean, but I don't know how to – how to do it your way. Your way. Like, and I don't want to. Well, then, and then you're going to get flack, right? Correct. And then my way is decent, at least. If I go do it a different way, it might suck. So it's like, I, here you go. And, and we get that. Like I said, we get, like, no seasoning requests. We get that a lot at, at the drive-thru and the cater. Like, we, we can't have seasoning. We can't have this. The, the We've had to, in the last two years, we've had to switch the season, the, the physical seasoning from to no MSG. A lot of people can't have MSG. So we've switched that. Um, stuff like that, you know, it's kind of everybody's very opinionated on it. And, you know, you kind of try and just do it to where it's just kind of pleasing everybody. And, you know, you hope it sticks with a few people. Um, but we get a lot of different random requests, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, you have to, from a, from a, from a restaurant side of things, a catering side of things, you have to do it in a way that you can please the masses, right? You can't 
do it like those guys want particular way to boil, particular Correct. way to cook. You have to do it the way that the average consumer can walk up to your crawfish shop and say, hey, I want to get 10 pounds for my, myself and my wife or whomever. And and that's the thing, man. Like, I never, I don't soak. That's one thing I never did was soak crawfish. I just, I, I didn't grow up doing it. And but so, see, I don't. You don't boil them. You don't boil them until they float and soak them until they sink. No, I don't. That's not because they were like everybody said. You know, we I didn't grow up doing it, so I'm like, it's not how I know how to do it. So we started boiling crawfish, and they're like, you don't boil, boil with ice and da da da. I'm like, man, I I showed up with one pop. Yeah. Uh, now I can boil, you know, 200 pounds at a time in this one pot, but I can't fill it with ice just for 200 pounds, then take it out, then reboil. It's like I don't have time to do that. Well, especially for the the way they reboil it after they ice them. Yeah, they, those guys who will let some water out and relight it and add more seasoning. I mean, at that point, you're boiling for like a minute. I mean, a crawfish don't boil for very long. So if you've ever ate peeled crawfish, what we call Paul bald, which okay. is they're, they're cooked for like 20 seconds, 30 seconds. They're stuck in the water, killed, done. That's it. That's all it takes to, to kill them. Um, and they are from the... I guess USDA standpoint, cooked at that point too. Yeah, parboil. Yeah, yeah, they're they're cooked, so they're so it doesn't take long. Um, but yet again, you know, I I think it's a great the soaking it and all that. If you got you know a case of beer and <laughs> you got all day you to do all, it, I'm all in. I'll sit there with you and drink beer and laugh and oh my gosh, we'll soak yeah. all the crawfish we can. I love it. That's... I just I don't do it. I don't have the time for it. Well, and I, I, you're on a production level. Like you, well, you, you've got to turn crawfish out. And there's guys so you, who do it with certain setups. Well, then you're, they're running like, what, a two-pot setup? So they've got one pot that yeah. <laughs> they probably got lit on the way to. Where yeah, they were, balling, they were balling, balling down, they're balling down, down I-10, hoping I-10, water's not. Yeah, hoping not splashing water out. And then when they show up, they got a pot ready to boil. They stick them in the bowl for, like, I mean, a pot of a crawfish are boiling for, what, five Eight minutes, minutes, something yeah, like something. that. It's nothing. It is. I mean, it's, it's no time at all when they boil, and then we soak them. I'd soak them till they. I'd do the, the soak them till they sink method. Um, but it's just you take them out every now and again. You taste them. They, they, have, enough, they have enough heat. Now, yeah, they're they're good. Pull them, whatever. But from a standpoint of you know, again, turning around the masses for a catering business, you can't. If you only have one pot set up, or yeah, you're doing 200 pounds at a time, but you only have one pot set up, you can't have that sit for 30, 45 minutes every time because the 200 pounds, depending on how many people you got, yeah, you that's know, not a that's not a whole in it's, the grand scheme of things. You know, you're kind of trying to 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 rip it, and it's you know, there's guys I've seen them. What they'll do is it's two big you know square pots per se, and they'll side by side both lit. One's balling and one's simmering. You got a crane. You put you, you know, you eight or ten sacks of crawfish in there. They ball, then they pick them up on a crane, slide them over here, just dump them straight into the soaking pot, and then pick them up with a crane and dump them into a holding box. And that's the ones they're serving, and they're constantly. And look, they built those guys built that stuff for them. You know, that was yeah. what they needed. That's what they do, and it's awesome. You know, I think that it's like I consider cooking trailers. I'm, I'm a nerd for cooking trailers. Anybody, I'm always looking for cooking like catering, balling trailers. In my opinion, that's like a boat. That's that's their craft, you know. Those guys, that's that's their way. They make a living. They put a lot of effort and money. I know we put in our bowling trailers. We put a lot of money and effort into them. It's kind of that's your thing. So those guys design those trailers to to fit what they do. It kind of bases everything off of that, you know. So y'all go up. Y'all show up to an event with a trailer. We do. Okay. We've got two trailers, three trailers, three trailers. That's five, yeah. So three three trailers, y'all can do two hundred pounds at a time. Well, in the 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 in what we call Blackie, which is our original one, it's mm-hmm. a it's a. Everybody said you need a red trailer. No, I got a black one, and it looks <laughs> nothing like a crawfish trailer. But that's our the first one we ever bought. Um, it'll do one hundred and fifty pounds, two hundred pounds at a time. Then we've ventured into a bigger trailer um, that will do a lot, and I about 600 at a time 800 at a time something ridiculous if you know if you wanted to get there we don't ever we try and not load it up like that but it'll do 450 550 pounds pretty it'll do 550 pounds very easily so yeah. but you, you know what, what how many times you need that it's really I, 
Right. Well, I mean, if you're doing big yeah. corporate gatherings, Correct. like I've I, got my my uncle in law, they'll do a company crawfish bowl where they bowl a thousand pounds. Correct. You know, but then it's like their annual bowl. It's what they do. For we're gonna bowl 125, 130 pounds of crawfish. We're gonna, have, we're gonna have three pots. We got one guy who's got a pot that can do 70, 80 pounds, so a two sack pot. And then we're going to have two other one-sack pots. Yeah. And like, and, and, that's, and that's all we're – and it's going to be – what now we have three different people doing it, so it's going to be three different tastes to taste three different yeah. types of crawfish. You might lose some friends there at the office over this, it sounds <laughs> like. Uh, I might Maybe. Have to, I might have to be a fly on the wall. We'll do it si- silent judging. Just yeah. write, write your vote, stick in the box. A couple people blindfolded over here. A couple of hundreds going into some back pockets <laughs> is what that sounds like. Yeah, but it's like for that, from, from, like, from a cultural standpoint – crawfish bowls within a business and like having their annual company crawfish bowl like that's a what people events people look forward to from a culture standpoint within the office within the workplace like oh the crawfish bowl like that's a fun thing it builds that camaraderie even if it's catered and y'all aren't doing it yourselves it's still a good time to go out there for a few hours like you said have some beers have some drinks and just eat and just chat and just enjoy the food that's being cooked just because you're and like that's i mean we 90 percent of our business is, is corporate company whether it be an annual crawfish bowl or an all-field company's paying for you know somebody a customer whatever um people get a humongous rise and an enjoyment i learned this over being on a work premises but drinking beer you know it's like you're sticking it yeah to like you get to drink a beer <laughs> like oh you know i'm drinking this beer and i'm at work but it's a you can tell people let loose, they enjoy themselves, they're happy to be at the office, but not at the office. You yeah. know, I think it's a cool way to let people let their hair down, I guess. Yeah, it's a way to let the workplace not feel so workish. Correct. You know, it's you get that chance to, like you said, unwind, let your hair down and really just enjoy being on the premises and not feeling the pressure of you're, getting everything you're done. You're there, but you're not there. You exactly. Know? So y'all have got the crawfish shop as well, in addition to the catering. Correct. So what was it like? I mean, how long have you had that shop? This is the first year with the drive-thru. This is the first okay. year. So this um, is the fir- first season with drive-thru. How is it going? It's So, so I mean, the season's for y'all is ha- more than halfway Saturday over. night was our last night. We closed the drive-thru Saturday night. Are y'all are done? Done. Um, Why? Well, what, the thing is, like with us, I wait all I, – even with catering, I try not book anything in February. Okay. Um, just because I don't really, all your worth in the crawfish catering business is your name. So you show up and that's not only in the case, that's in the forming business. That's in the drive through business. That's in everything. You're not worth anything more than your product or your name. So, um, <clears throat> I learned that in the catering and, you know, way back when we'd be pushing, you know, December, you know, you know Christmas crawfish, let's go. Yeah. So crawfish is the Christmas. Ball. Yeah. So <clears throat> we got away from that. And I learned that if you wait, people understand you're going to wait for a reason. You're waiting for decent-sized crawfish. Um, so I did that. I waited. Every year I waited. So when we opened a drive-thru, we waited. And I was like, let's just wait. I, we still need to get iron some stuff out. We'll wait. Crawfish are pretty. We opened. Had our fun. I closed, We closed this on Saturday for a numerous amount of reasons, but mainly because we've the the we've had our year in my eyes you know we, we we're done we had our fun it's our you know everything's over with the season's kind of slowing down um the crawfish are starting to get hard real hard real fast which is scary um what what causes that the shell allegedly what we're told is the shell addressed uh, the, the shell adjusts to the water temperature so as the water temperature increases the shell will get harder so as they get harder, they get harder to peel, and it's just they get a little bit smaller. And it's I just was like, man, the, I don't want to be, I guess, greedy in a sense. I don't want to just be pushing it for no reason. So, you know, I was happy closing on on Saturday. We, you know, you 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 want to be able to go out on a high note, and yeah. I hope I hope we, you know, I think we did that. I think we had our fun, and it was a good year. It was a good learning curve for sure. I had no clue what I was doing early on, but, uh, but we figured it out, you know? Yeah. And that was fun. So the drive through that y'all have, was it at y'all's normal shop where y'all would normally bowl or did you have to go? And no. Buy so it was, um, this place is on, it was on Johnson. It was right off of Johnson street in Lafayette. So 
for people who from I mean, it's Main Street and Lafayette, it'd be uh, it's Segan over here, or not Segan, but well, I mean, with Baton Rouge, it's, it's split up in so many up, areas. Yeah. It's like, yeah, what's, <clears throat> what's your main road? Jefferson is it, you know, corporate, it would wherever it depends on where you're at. So that was it, was off of there. And a guy, I'm actually, it was a it was a drive through previous to me owning it, and I had met with a guy. Uh, who owned it before me and actually took the entire business and went to Rosemary Beach, Florida. Wanted to go ball crawfish out there. All right. I said, you know, more than power to you, have at it, go do it. I'm out. I don't want anything to do with that. But I'm not going to Rosemary Beach. I don't like the beach, and I don't like to be <laughs> gone that much. So he went and did it. and So he actually contacted me. Hey, man, I might be selling this. So we jumped on it, and it's um, – it was never where we were, and the whole reason we had bought it initially was for live crawfish. I wanted to sell live crawfish. We we wholesale everything at the farm. So I said, man, there's nowhere in Lafayette where we are that could sell live crawfish. That could, you know, you could go and pick up a sack, not a, you know, a, not a Joe Patty's or anything like that, but a place to get live crawfish. So I said, that would be a cool place. It was right kind of where I was born and raised, right in that little neighborhood area. I said, it's perfect. And then we bought it, and I, the, the whole thing I wanted was a place to sell live crawfish and a place to keep all my cooking trailers and everything like that. So there wasn't at mom and dad's or at my house or everywhere right. in between. You want you wanted to get the <clears throat> business yeah. formalized. Correct, and have everything in one spot. That was all I wanted. And so I was like, man, if we sell some ball crawfish, great, you know, but I want a place to do live crawfish, and I want a place to keep all my stuff. And that's what it started as, and it, I mean, it, it, I was very happy. Everybody seemed to be very happy with the way it went, I hope, I guess. That's what they tell me. So it was just more of an organic feel to start boiling it and selling it at the shop? Yeah. Okay. It was, uh, It was. I guess, somebody was asking, they were like, does it feel like the next step? And I'm like, I guess in the in the crawfish cooker's life, I guess the next step. Sure, would be a dry, you, yeah, you, you like get I, a drive-thru. I don't know. Yeah, you get a like. I guess that's your next step in becoming a man. I don't So... <laughs> That's what I did, and it, you know, I always wanted to do it. I was like, I just never, it was funny. Everybody's like, man, would you ever be in the restaurant business? I'm like, no, the restaurant business sounds like it sucks. And I'm like, but I have a drive-thru. It's not a restaurant. <laughs> like, don't call it a restaurant. That's right. And, you know, dur during uh, all, all the all the COVID scares and everything, your drive-thru could stay open. And did very well. Those yeah. guys did very well. Oh, my gosh. We drove we drove to um, L.A. Lobsters in Port Allen for crawfish a couple times and we had i mean we crossed the bridge yeah, for crawfish yeah, big deal we crossed the bridge for crawfish <laughs> big deal i've learned that too i have learned that the that is a very big deal if you cross the bridge around here it's you're you know you better lot you better make sure that you you better pack for the night yeah you may not yeah put that bridge good lord uh uh it was traffic I, I'm cloned to traffic on that thing. Whether it's at the bottom in Westport or Port Allen or whether it's at the split, I'm getting traffic somewhere. I've learned that. Dude, I, I was coming back from Lafayette, actually, a couple about a week or so ago, and I had the traffic was so bad, I had to veer off at is it the Lobdell exit mm -hmm. and take the old bridge. Don't go around on like uh, one on Yeah, I, I went around the old way. I went around to the old bridge, and that was quicker. And then I had to come all the way back. Because I live on the other you side. You come of all the way across, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, used to, I used to complain to my dad about when I'd get stuck in traffic over here, and he would just call me stupid because he only takes one nine. He's like, that's why you're an idiot. I'm like, okay, well, I'm, you know, I don't, I don't need to hear that. Yeah, mixing things up. Yeah, just trying, to, just, just, trying trying to, <laughs> just trying to chat. But, uh, <laughs> no, it's, it, I'm like I said, I know I plan. If I'm driving an hour to Baton Rouge, I'm leaving an hour and 20 minutes early. I plan. It finds me. Yeah. Whether it, it may be in Lafayette. You know, that might have traffic in Lafayette, but it's going to find me. Between here and Baton Rouge, I'm getting it. There's, there's going to be craft traffic somewhere. Oh, yeah. So how many pounds of crawfish did y'all run through the drive-thru this year? Man. Do you I, know? I don't. I know. It's so, like, it's it's hard to say because, you know, you have some real slow nights. Um, early on, you have some slow nights just because you're the new guy in the game. Nobody, You know, people, crawfish are very, like, like the new trendy restaurants that pop up in Lafayette, everybody's like, oh, I'm going to go try this. I'm going to try this. And crawfish are not trendy. If you find a place you like, especially in Lafayette, they're like, you know, you talk about him, I'm going to punch you in the mouth. You know, they roll with the, you know, the, the, the they, restaurants. They, yeah, they, they go get, with what they know. Correct. They're very much creatures of habit. Correct. Yes, that is a good way to put it. So it was, it was, you know, you, you, 
Wednesdays and Thursdays were a little bit slower, and then your Fridays and Saturdays were good, and then Holy Week comes around, and this, you know, your Super Bowl every Friday night for Holy Week, and you know, you just run through crawfish like it's nobody's business, and then Saturdays are a little, you know, good, and <clears throat> it'd be hard to say. It was a lot more than I expected. I thought nobody. I was like, man, who the hell's gonna come eat this? Like, oh, this is a terrible idea. And then it worked, and I was like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, I thought about that. Well, um, I mean, it's and then you also like get that appreciation too, right? You're the complete cycle. You, you are. You're the you're the farmer. You you are as farm to table as farm to table gets. Well, and that was my whole thing. It was neat to say like, yeah, I don't go physically out there and farm them, but like I, I can. The only thing I can do that makes me feel good other than making people happy and cooking for is say that I know that they're fresh. They were caught today or, you know, if they sat in the first day, they were caught yesterday. They're fresh. They were caught by us and I know where they're coming from. Yeah. You know, that's, and that's pretty, whether it's in anything you're in, any industry you're in, it's cool to say that you know where your product is coming from. A hundred percent. And that you can actually show them, you know, it's our product that we created from the beginning. Correct. You know, we, we manage the fields, we manage the labor, like we bring in the labor, like we do everything and it's, it's kinda, from start to finish. It's kind of neat because like, I, you know, I didn't, when I started working with my uncle, you know, I didn't take as much pride in learning the, you know, the life cycle per se of him and stuff like that. Whereas, you know, now I realize and he's like, Picking up crawfish, looking at, you know, feeling them, da, 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 looking at rice, looking at this. Like, it's neat to see how much pride somebody who's been like that, who's been doing it forever, how much pride they actually take in what they do. You know, it's cool to see anybody happy doing what they're doing, whether it be yeah. you or, you know, an NFL player or anything. But it's cool to see it, he's doing what he likes and takes pride in it. It's, to me, that's pretty neat. And earning a living at the same time. And making a living. Yeah. And making a living. I think that is the, the coolest part is the fact that it's, you know, the whole life cycle. I mean, that's what in, in high school, that's what I would spend my days doing was waking up in the morning, um, feed, feeding our chickens, milking the goats, and then going to my neighbor's pond and running our crawfish traps or going to the river and running our crawfish traps. And then we'd I'd have fresh goat milk. I'd have fresh crawfish. And then I'd. My mom made bread, so we'd grind wheat, and I'd make chocolate chip muffins. And it was like this whole just feeling that you knew where everything was every step of the way and being able to create it all, that to me was like. that's all, Yeah, that's all. I didn't know you did all that. That's pretty awesome. And then we go cut grass in the evenings with my, gra with my lawn company. So, yeah. That's that awesome. Was, I didn't know you did all that. Oh, yeah, dude. In high school, like, that, it, would, it was every day. It was my buddy and I, we would go there like three or four times. He would come over three or four times a week, and we'd go run crawfish traps. We go cut grass. We come back. We have a little bowl. Like we catch like a five gallon bucket worth of crawfish. Yeah. Not a whole lot of crawfish, but enough for us to eat. And that's what we would eat. We eat our crawfish. We'd have goat's milk, and it was it was a blast in high school, man. Just that farm to table concept that now everybody's trying to buy that way. You know, We're buy to, yeah, support the local it. farmers and like yeah. having the fact that you're living that. You're that farm to table person. Yeah, really. Cool. And I and look, there's nothing wrong with. You know the the non-GMO people and stuff like that. Yeah. Those those backyard farmers is what they're called. It's just not something that ever appealed to you know. Not like if you now, I mean, you go by right by where I live and where the drive-through is in Lafayette. There's a farmers market in Moncus Park, which is a it's now it's a monster. There's 400 500 cars there on Saturday. It's packed. You know, farm to table bell peppers, farm to table. You know, and you could go to Rouse's, you go to Albertsons and buy them, but people want that. They want to meet the people that grow. Correct. Them. They want to have the interaction. Anybody can go spend a dollar on a bell pepper. But yeah. if you can meet the person who grew the bell pepper, a parent, you know, that's means a lot to some people. And so that's why I think that aspect of it. And it's the same thing with anything. I feel like just with the crawfish side of it, you know, if I were on a catering job or I'm at the drive through and people come by and, you know, I'd get to talk to somebody. I feel like that means a lot. To somebody who does, you know, who, man, that guy took time out of his day to, to chat with me or, you know, it's whatever. Putting from, from the business side, it's putting the consumer, the it's giving the consumer the ability to put a face to the product. You know, like it your, your jeans and your boots that you wear, you may never meet the people that make those. And it's a great product. You're going to use it regardless. Doesn't yeah. matter. But if you get the chance to meet the person that makes oh, yeah. any of those I'm clothing, rolling with, yeah. you're like, 
it's the best thing because you get to meet the person who created what you're about to consume, wear, use, whatever. And that in and of itself has a specialty that people cling to and then start telling everybody about. You yeah. know, that's how that word, that word of mouth just lights businesses on fire is when they can meet the person behind the product, the craft, the service, whatever it may be, and be like, I know the person that did that. Correct. Yeah, and I think that it's, you know, I think it's kind of gone full circle now. And, you know, you went to the big box China deal and everybody did it. And, you know, I think years ago it used to be like this with the, you know, the backyard farmers and, you know, everybody had a garden and did it. And I think over time it went to China and, you know, you lost touch with that kind of stuff. And I think now it's coming back to the people with the, you know, my 40 acres and I planted sweet corn and I go sell it on Saturdays. My, you know, I saw somebody made beanies, like beanies and little mittens. And it was this older lady and she makes them and she goes and sells them and stuff. I think people are now kind of getting back. I think COVID had a lot to do with that. I 100%. Think people not being able to like communicate, I guess would be the word, or not being able to have person to person transactions. Yeah, and, stuff. And, and not be able to get stuff like yeah, you when, realize, and supply chain issues and all that stuff. Exactly. Now it's how can we get it local? Correct. And I think it made people realize, you know, now. <laughs> I don't want, you know, I miss that. I miss being able to meet that person. I miss, like, I know for concerts, I'm a big music guy. And we went the other night and saw Eric Church in New Orleans. And I was like, I think that was like the first big concert I had been to since COVID. I'm like, man, this is like. You didn't go to Garth Brooks? I miss Garth Brooks. I saw him in Lafayette. Did you go? Not, no, my wife went. I was stuck at home with Quentin. He, I mean, I like, like, Garth Brooks is good, but I'd rather just go see him just for the entertainment. Like, his music's good, but yeah, he's a he's a hell of an entertainer. Like to to be in that stadium and listen to Colin Bass. Yeah, did I hear? Or it, was, it was an earthquake. Yeah, was yeah. it an actual like they? They, I'm not even going to try to say what the tool is, but the tool they use to measure earthquakes at LSU <coughs> is it a seismograph. Re- seismograph. Is that it? Yeah, it registered as an earthquake with the noise level that they cause and the rumble that they caused in the stadium. Jeez. Hopefully, the new football coach will get the same rumble out of the... Uh, <laughs> we'll have another uh, earthquake game. Yeah, hopefully we'll have another earthquake. That would be pretty cool, because we've had a lot of non-earthquake games here lately. <laughs> um, but an earthquake game would be pretty cool. I saw their play. They released a schedule today or something. Florida Was State. That, I guess that's what they were. I saw a bunch of Superdome. Yeah, Florida State, Superdome. Okay, so they released game a schedule. One. Pretty pretty, I mean... It's right around the corner, fighting, man. Fighting the good fight, man. Crawfish season ends. You get That's right it. in the football Going season. Going to football. <laughs> Go do a little bit of fishing. Go and play football. Go and watch football. It's, oh, man. It's a hell of a life, man. Yeah. The good old sportsman's paradise. <laughs> I forget sometimes, but I'm quickly reminded. Well, dude, it's uh Oh, snap. We didn't even get to fishing. Um, so, we're, yeah, we're, so we're towards the end of the show now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Um, and so we have a set list of questions we like to we like to ask everybody. The first one is, "What is something you did as a kid you wish you could still do today?" Man, uh, there's a lot of things. Um, ah, shoot. Any answer is appropriate. We had a guest say that they wish they could run. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wish. <laughs> I wish I could do bad stuff and get away with it as a child, like, you know, a little knickknack, you know. You get like a, just a slap on the yeah, wrist. Yeah, steal a crack or something. No, man, I mean, I don't know. I wish I could, you know, play with my, I, I don't know. I wish I could be young again, that's for sure. You know, I wish I could be little and be innocent. I wish I could play with my grandparents, stuff like that, I guess, you know. Yeah. I, you know, I don't, I, I think that the, the, the togetherness feeling of kids is like would be cool you know like having your friends and you know you grow up and people always told me as you grow up you lose friends you don't lose them because of whatever reason you just lose them because of life you know you lose them because they grow up they go here they go there and you kind of don't keep in touch and that was kind of that kind of happened with a bunch of us so you know wish be all back together again you know stuff like that yeah, back in the backyard doing the and uh, yeah, and I wish flag, no flag and I wish no COVID. You know that wasn't that cool. I wish <laughs> I don't think COVID was around when I was little. Yeah, go back to those days. Man. Yeah. So, what are three lessons you've learned along the way? I mean, this year you had a whole new business experience with running a drive-through separate from what you've been used to with the catering and everything. So, yeah. what are kind of three lessons you've learned along your path? Three lessons, I would say. One would definitely be to try. 
um, if you have an idea, if you have a even a vision, if you have a, a passion, just go for it, man. You're only going to be – what I learned is you're only going to be good at stuff you're invested in. So if it's something you like to do, I like to fish, I like to farm, I like to make people smile, that's something I like. So I try, obviously, harder, you know. If I was a journalist or something, I probably wouldn't be that. You know, I like to write, but I wouldn't be that good at it because my heart's not in it. Um, the second thing would be to definitely be patient. Uh, stuff doesn't happen overnight. I learned that the hard way. Um, my whole family, anybody, my girlfriend, everybody knows that I, I, I'm not a very patient person. I have about as much patience as a young squirrel. But uh, I learned, take your time. And um, <clears throat> I would say third, man, you know, I as crazy as it sounds, just let it roll, let it go for it. You know, I learned that. You know, I didn't have a clue, I didn't have a plan, and no plan is still a good plan. You know, I didn't have a plan going into this at all. Still don't, but I'm rolling with you the flow. Rolling with the punches. Yeah, man. I don't have a clue. What, no, I don't have a clue what's going on right now. I, uh, you know, just I, my mom and dad, and we're probably freaking out the whole time. I didn't have a plan, but like I said, I just got, kept telling everybody I'd figure it out at some point. Just let me kind of kind of like a ship floating free you know some some way he'll find his way uh, you, somehow you'll, you'll find a course yeah he might hit a rock but he's gonna find it um so yeah i just learned just to kind of let it ride and then wherever it takes you roll with that if you like it so that's what i did i guess dude absolutely it's you you find your path along the way if you didn't already have a predetermined one and you don't realize it no like like you said you didn't set out to no and like sell a bunch of bald crawfish and something like i mean probably for you something like this i mean it started as like a you know something for fun but i mean now you got your sponsors and you got all this around us and you know it's like it kind of just happens it just it's one thing leads to another and boom you're here you know yeah it's just you got to keep fighting for it every day you got to do one foot in front of the other and be patient right every that, step write that down <laughs> yeah yeah patience is i mean that's just a a theme not only in business but it's in life you know nothing's going to happen anything that's worthwhile is not going to happen overnight and anything that's going to last is not going to happen overnight it's going to take time it's going to take repetition going through the motions day in and day out and making sure what you're doing is what you want to be doing and that you're giving your best foot forward every step of the way absolutely absolutely so what is something you love about louisiana man judging from the fact that what I make a living off of is crawfish, and that's a Louisiana product. I probably need to say that, but I'm going to go ahead and say the people. I've done, I've been fortunate enough to do a little bit of traveling, um, and the people, everybody's just so welcoming and good, and it's hard, man. It's hard to go anywhere else, in my opinion. I like the people. I love the people. I love being here, but the people is what, you know, Anywhere is a home. You know, anywhere you build, buy a house, build a house, call it a home, is that's a home. But to make it feel like it, you know, the people around you is kind of what makes you feel that way. And I think that's what not only this area, but the whole state does. Yeah, you got to have that sense of family, that sense of unity yeah. throughout it to make it feel like home, feel like a place you want to stay. It's a pretty cool place, man. For for anybody who hasn't been here yet, it's pretty it doesn't suck. We'll say that. Yeah, there you go. It's it's, it's worth it's hot. the trip. It's hot and there's traffic. Other than that, it doesn't suck. I got in I got in my my Jeep this afternoon. It said 103 on the dash. That's yeah, not the funnest time of year, man. I I won't be mad to see uh, November. I don't think. And, it, and it's not even. What is it? May. Yeah, it's May. We got it's a, a long a few, a few months ahead of us. I gotta go. We're going to Arizona for a party in August. I'm like, dude, this is gonna, we're gonna melt. Like, this, yeah, that's, <laughs> but it's not humid up there. As bad. Heat is heat to me. I don't understand the heat. It's just. It's a dry heat. That's what they yeah, all say. It's, it's like a dry, dry cold. I'm yeah. like, I still can feel my toes. Whether <laughs> yeah. it's dry or wet, I don't feel my toes. I'm 30 miserable. degrees is 30 yeah, degrees. I'm miserable and I want to go home. So write that down for whatever it's worth. Okay, man. So for the final question, what can I do to help you? Man. Hot. I, I think you're doing plenty right now. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I need to ask you that. I feel like. Uh, I don't, you know, I think anybody just spreading the word, I guess, you know. Um, I think you're only as good as the people that support you, you know. Um, Word of mouth is what what makes a lot of businesses, it's what makes, you know, pretty much any business successful is people 
you know, you're the consumer. So yeah, just passing it on, I guess. I don't know. So where can people find you? So we're um we're at 106 Rose Lawn in Lafayette, um, right off of Johnson Street. Um 450-9400 is the phone number to that. Crawfishjake.com on Facebook. Uh new to Instagram. Getting them followers Get, up, son. Getting there, man. Getting yeah, there. Yeah, I might have to buy some followers. People might have no, to. No, 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 don't buy. <laughs> no, don't no, buy. No. Don't might buy. Might get on TikTok. Might get frisky and get a TikTok. Yeah, no, I'm joking. I would throw I my phone through the see, wall. I could see you on TikTok, man. Man, I don't know. I just so, shave. So, so you, sh- you should go on TikTok, show off the fact that you put powder on the crawfish after they're boiled, and just like breed up the haters just on TikTok. let people yeah just, like, just let them rip just into let you. them rip oh, and dude. then like every every person that comments how it's so trash be like crawfish ball off let's yeah. just challenge yeah. everyone be like come on come to our come to our address we'll live stream it, was, it. we'll invite well, the community we'll was, ball off it was man. funny when gerald when they put the TikTok up i don't know it was like i'm not lying it was like a thousand comments of people like look at this you know idiot and i'm like all right man well like yeah so somebody typed some random lady like old lady he seems like a nice guy and i was like ma'am 10 pounds whenever you want i'm on the house like <laughs> free crawfish come get come for life like yeah he is a nice guy right you know like the comment love the com- whatever but yeah i uh that kind of stuff is you know social media is is a monster now you know oh yeah monster especially in the food especially this time of year like people are looking for that yeah, the festival what? was just in Lafayette. The Festival International. I mean, that's like there's people who like look Mallory, the bread bowls or whatever. They they take like a loaf of bread, scoop it out and put like fettuccine inside crawfish fettuccine inside it. People Ooh. lose their minds over this thing. That's so Roberto's River Road restaurant out in St. Gabriel has a bread bowl dish. That's yeah. That's so good. That's I'm sure it's great. <sighs> Anything in a bread bowl like can never you go can't wrong beat with that. It. It's like putting it's like putting something with bacon. Like it's obviously yeah. not gonna suck. Like, yeah, it's got that's bacon right. Or, or getting like French fries and the crawfish etouffee sauce. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. Turn the cameras off. That. That you, might can be, never, you can never go wrong might, with that. Might have, might have to write that one down. <laughs> no, it's it's one of those things. though, man, it's it's food is a is a part of the culture, mm-hmm. and that's what brings people in. That's a fact, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Thank I'm you. Glad bro. you made the drive across the bridge for this. Yes, made the drive across. <laughs> I will venture back across and hopefully smooth sailing. I, I sure hope so. I hope that traffic. Westbound is usually good. Eastbound fights with me. Westbound is usually decent for me. Well, Godspeed to you, man. Appreciate it, my <laughs> man. I thank you for letting me on. Absolutely. And thank you to everybody else, whether you are watching this or you're listening to this, whatever form you're consuming it in. If you're in the Lafayette area or you're looking for a corporate catering gig or maybe a family party catering be sure and give crawfish jake a call check out their website we're going to link it in the show notes if you need anything relating to crawfish make sure you reach out to them and make it happen and i thank you all so very much for being such great audience members with the show and helping us spread what we do it's through you and through what you do like what we said in the show with the spreading the word of mouth is what we're able to do with guests and bring them on and really have that impact it's because of you and i thank you for that i know the guests do as well so thank you all so very much for tuning in. And a big thank you to the wonderful sponsors that are coming up right now. Sell your home for a $99 flat fee with Falaya. No, seriously. Falaya will live your home and help you get all the way to the closing table for as little as a $399. Sell your home for a $399 flat fee with Falaya. No, seriously. Falaya will list your home on the MLS and help you get Thank you all so very much for listening to this episode of the Patty G Show brought to you by Government Taco. They're located on the corner of Government Street and Jefferson Highway. Jay is always slinging up a new taco of the month. So if you're a frequenter to Government Taco, let us know in the comments what you thought about this month's taco of the month. If you're not a frequenter, maybe trying out this month's taco might just convert you. Big thanks over to them at Government Taco for making the Patty G Show possible. Thank you so very much to Mallard Bay Outdoors, the Airbnb for the outdoor sportsmen. If you're looking to book a hunt or a fishing trip, this is the platform to use. They were a past guest of the Patty G Show. We got to learn all about what they're doing from the ground up. They are really revolutionizing the booking process for hunts and fish all across the country for your next hunting or fishing experience or maybe your corporate retreat you're looking for something to do for your employees book a hunt or a fishing trip with mallard bay outdoors and they will take care of you every step of the way from organizing it with the guides and the captains to making sure you can take care of them at the end of the trip mallard bay outdoors a proud sponsor of the patty g show
At Horizon Financial Group, we enjoy helping others achieve greater confidence, clarity, and direction in their lives. We realize everyone's path to financial success is unique. Sometimes you just need a friendly guide along the way. Whether it's customized financial planning, individual wealth management, or servicing your company's retirement plan, we've got the team with the experience to help you reach your goals. Horizon Financial Group, helping you provide, protect, and prosper for those counting on you. Visit us at horizonfg.com. Cetera Advisors, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. Cetera is a separate entity. Thank you to Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge for making this show possible. Nick Pentis is a past guest. We love having him on. Listening to him talk about the culture they have over at Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge is really an incredible thing to hear how they treat not only their employees, but every customer that walks through the door. You are more than just a number to them. They're going to give you that white glove concierge service every step of the way. They're going to make you feel like family and take what can be a stressful time in people's life, shopping for a car. They're going to make it so enjoyable and so pleasurable. You're going to want to go back there time and time again for every new vehicle. Thank you so very much for Mercedes-Benz of making this show possible. Yeah.